0: Hi, I'm Aaron Marcus, former corporate executive turned entrepreneur and founder and CEO of Conquer Your Business. Welcome to the Ready Yet podcast. We're excited to bring you more than 100 episodes of interviews and insights designed to help entrepreneurs get the financial and emotional freedom they need in order to build a business and a life they're proud of. Hello, hello, and welcome to this episode of the Ready Yet podcast, and I am so excited about today's guest. We finally had to hit record. We could have just gone on talking, but I met um, Jessica. See, I asked you, and I'm going to screw up your last name, Jessica Tomac. I remember. I remember. Um, It's that nerve. It's that one second of nerves, like, am I really doing this right? But I met Jessica um, through a mutual mentor, through a mutual mentor program we were both involved in. And... um, I know her world because I come out of financial services, so I really wanted to bring her here to talk to the audience about not just her entrepreneurial journey, but as people are growing their businesses, what are some do's and don'ts in the money world? What do we need to be looking out for? So before we get into all that, Jessica, why don't you give people a little bit more formal introduction (laughs) to who you are and what it is that you do?
1: Wonderful. Well, thank you, Aaron, so much for allowing me to come on to the podcast and just share some information. So I am a financial advisor, a CFP. I work for Edward Jones. Um, but the reason I got into the business is I actually fired four finan- five financial advisors oh, wow. before I decided, you know what, I'm going to become one because these guys are not getting what I'm saying, or I would ask a question and they would kind of make me feel like I shouldn't be asking. I didn't feel like I had that partnership to build wealth and someone who really wanted to help um, kind of walk the path with me. And so after having this happen multiple times, I decided, well, I think the best thing I can do is uh, go into business and and serve women. So I primarily focus on women and business owners. And that's how I built my business, uh, really making sure that they have uh, a tribe that they can walk alongside and really partner with. It is not just all about, uh, we'll take your money and never talk to you again, but it is that partnership of wealth building. And sometimes you don't know what you don't know. So if you don't have to do trial and error, you could be way more successful with a plan uh, versus just hoping you're going to get there. So that's why well, I do what
0: I do. Love it, love it, love it. And you know, I think I come out of financial services as well. I did a deal with Edward Jones um, Oh gosh, 20 years ago, how scary is that? But one of the things I've seen over and over again in that world is women are just doing magnificent in the world of financial services because it really is moving appropriately to a relationship-based business, not a transactional-based business. Mm -hmm. And that's how we maneuver through the world instinctively. And I am happy to come across less and less, fewer and fewer stories like the one you shared, where there's just one, I, you know, the, the men are understanding that the world has changed and they're in many of them are changing with it. And I, I don't run into that as much as I used to. But I do think the future in finance, money is one of those topics that you really want to have a good relationship with the person you're getting your advice from
1: yeah and what i find is most people want to work with people like them so you'll naturally have an energy and connect with certain people and you won't have that with other people and back you know 10 years ago you might look at a sea of financial advisors and it was all men now, it's starting to shift and you're starting to see more female financial advisors, you're starting to see uh, people trying to build relationships versus just be that transaction phone call. And um, that that's really the part that you still have to interview people, you still have to seek it out, right? It's not everybody isn't doing it that way.
0: Yeah. So before we get into your tips that, you know, your subject matter expertise, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your personal journey as an entrepreneur, as a business owner. So what are you finding? I mean, I'm going to just assume from the way you introduced yourself that the relationship building is the thing that is absolutely working well for you. In your own business, what are some of the things that you would say, you know, don't do it this way. I already tried it. It didn't work.
1: Yeah. That's a great uh, question. So I actually built my entire business um, going into my neighborhood and knocking on doors and introducing myself
0: to people. Oh, my God. So that's a big Edward Jones thing. I think they're not promoting that as much as they used to. They don't do it at all anymore, which is crazy to to me
1: because I was like, that was super successful. But
0: it's so funny because so for me, that was something that always completely freaked me out about edward jones because i grew up in chicago like i spent most of my life with my dad in my ear telling me how to not get kidnapped (laughs) and yet edward jones has built a massively successful business starting people out the old-fashioned way as we used to call it yeah with the door
1: knocking And boy, do I have stories about door knocking, right? Right. Some that you can't even repeat, but, but that's how I build my business. And I would spend 10 to 13, depending on how much daylight was in the day, depending on what season we were in,
0: um, I would be door knocking the entire time. Amazing. So, Um, okay. Let me just stop right there because this is one of the things that I say to people all the time. How bad do you want it? Yeah. How bad do you want it? So for the people now who are scared to go to a networking event, for the people now who find every reason in the world not to make a single post on Facebook, for the people now, right, for whatever story you're telling yourselves, for whatever you're letting stop you, Jessica used to spend 10 hours a day going door to door, knocking on doors and introducing herself.
1: Yeah.
0: How bad do you want it?
1: and it was crazy right like i can't imagine doing that now but at the time every day you went out you found a you found a good nugget and so i would just keep doing it cuz i was like
0: this is working if um, it's right if it's working we keep going. You keep
1: going and then finally i realized i can't
0: keep doing this forever right uh, so I would imagine you were in good shape at my age right now i'm having a problem with my hip and my knee there'd be no way
1: it was amazing i had never gotten so skinny in my life uh, and I only wish I would have had a pedometer then because right? I'm certain I was walking 25, 40 miles, I don't know, some ridiculous amount of miles. Um, I literally wore the bottoms out of shoes. I had a suit jacket I always wore uh, and the shoulders and the crease in my arm because I had a notepad that I took notes on. It literally is sun faded from the hours I spent going door to door.
0: Right? What do we say? This requires a business owner requires tenacity. It requires persistence. It requires resilience. Yeah. You're awesome. That's amazing. I love it. So,
1: so I did that, and now because of that, uh, my. I have a referral business now, Uh, so now my existing clients, people I meet, uh, all of my business now comes from referral sources. But I have many clients that say, "You'll never!" I'm like, "They are like, how did you meet so and so?" I met them at the door, right? And they're like, "I can't believe that," right? So. Uh, but those are, I mean, I, I climbed, I, I live in Michigan, right? So we have snow like Chicago. I would climb over mounds of snow and slide down because I wear my <laughs> snow pants, slide down the backside to get to their front door. And they'd be like, how did you even get to our door? And I was like, oh, I, I climbed that little mountain. And, I mean, yeah, people don't forget that stuff. So that's how I built my business. Uh, and now it has evolved and, and now it's it's much easier. Um, it's not the, you know, hours. It's it's all about time management and really helping those that you can't help. I, I also realized I couldn't help everybody,
0: uh, which I thought I could in the beginning as well. Oh, that's a really good point. We can't, right? We can't help everybody. And some of it is um, picking a niche so we can do a better job reaching our people. And some of it truthfully is, We can't save people, you know, to be dramatic about it. You can't save people who aren't ready. You can't want it. I think this is a really big lesson to people earlier stages of their business. We're excited to do what we do because we love it so much. So whatever industry you're in, we're excited to do what we do because we love it so much and we see how important it is. And you can't want it for someone more than they want it for themselves.
1: I have to tell people that frequently, like this is keeping me up and it's bothersome to me, but you don't care. So I can't help you because I care more than you care. And this is your livelihood, not mine. So, you know, I, I spend a portion of my time doing volunteer work in the community still, but um, you know, I tell people three strikes and you're out. I will, I will donate my time, I will help you. But after three times of you not doing your homework or, or following up with stuff, um, that's on you. You're not serious, right? So stop complaining and start doing.
0: How did you go? So I would assume when you were knocking doors, you didn't niche in a business owners because you had no idea which door you were knocking on. How did you maneuver into really loving to focus on business owners?
1: Yeah, so it was... Uh, what happened is I found that knocking on the doors, there were certain people you would instantly have this connection with, and you felt like you knew them forever, even though you just met them. Yeah. And what I realized is, wow, I really enjoy working with these women. Uh, and then uh, over time, it was the career focused women. That was really fun for me because they were more complex mm-hmm. uh, than some other folks. And, and so that niche kind of was an evolution, if you will, Uh, And then it really got into I really liked having multifaceted. I think about the spokes on a bicycle wheel. You've got your personal, you've got your business, you've got all this stuff going on. And I like to take all the moving parts and pieces and, and put it together in a nice little picture and and make sure we're looking at tax things and, you know, investments and passive income and all the other stuff. So that's how we evolved to women, business owners, career folks.
0: I hope you're enjoying this episode of the Ready Yet podcast brought to you by Conquer Your Business. With decades of experience, Conquer Your Business creates business and branding strategies that build multiple six and seven figure businesses. And we don't just show you what to do. We have an entire team of people available to help you do it, strategy and implementation. You can learn more and reach out to us by visiting conqueryourbusiness.com. Well, and and that's a great segue to getting more into the, you know, the subject matter expertise that you're bringing us because the way that you're describing it is something I imagine you want to look at sooner rather than later. Don't get into a reactionary situation with your money. So if someone is just, you know, a lot of my audience in their business are, you know, we actually we have all all sorts of stages. But for the people who are starting to make some money, you finally feel like you're starting to make some money. What are some of the things that they need to, like, get out in front of? Yeah,
1: Uh, I think there's usually a a key indicator that says, hey, now it's time to get uh, some maybe other players on your team to help you with things. Um, and usually that's kicked off by your CPA or your tax person I
0: was say it's the ta- considering we're recording this right at the beginning of May I I just jumped ahead to say, oh, I'll bet you it's your tax bill
1: <laughs> right. It totally is right because then they get the tax bill and we're
0: like well what else can I be
1: doing that happened. <laughs> right that I didn't I didn't know that was gonna happen. So that sometimes is the biggest catalyst of like, well, I don't want to do that next year. Do Um, that again. Yeah. Right. So that's when we start having conversations about hey, if you have this, you know, install this retirement plan, do a you know, define contribution plan. There's ways that you can make it look like a business expense that's saving for your retirement outside of your business, just as another, you know, kind of protection measure. Um, but keeping the money in your pocket versus just giving it to the government.
0: So as I'm listening to you, so my background in financial services is um, I was not a financial advisor. I was in a corporate role as a wholesaler, like in-house, right? And one of the things that I learned as that company grew, as my role with that company grew, the difference between people who have and do not have. Is access to information in, it's in finances, in financial services, the difference between people who are able to leverage, take advantage of loopholes because they're out there for a reason, take advantage of tax law is the knowledge that this these vehicles exist. A hundred percent. Yeah. So where should people start?
1: Yeah, so again, it depends on your business and where you're at, right? Um, And if you have employees versus no employees, all of those things play a factor in in kind of incorporating that. But what I tell folks is whether they're just starting, uh, you know, keep your emergency cash fully funded first, that's not uh, up for discussion, that's a must. But then once you have that in place, uh, taking if you're just starting out, taking three percent or some small amount and making sure you're diverting a portion uh, from the business into uh, some type of retirement account uh, outside of your your business, because one of the key mistakes I find is business owners always think that their business is their retirement and, and that they're
0: gonna work
1: forever. And Before. there nothing's ever gonna happen to them. Yeah, I know that. right. What could, what could possibly go wrong?
0: What could possibly go wrong? Nothing.
1: So if you put all of your eggs in your one basket and you drop your basket, this is not going to look good. Um, so really, uh, starting something with the tax incentives, like you mentioned, there's loopholes. There's tax incentives right now. If you're a small business owner, you can start a retirement plan, and all those tax, all that money you pay into it is all given back to you in tax credits.
0: Well. So And that's something I think people don't realize that the tax code in this country is not written to benefit employees, period, hard stop. The tax code is written to benefit business. And there's a million things out there that we don't know about because truthfully, the more I learn about them, the more I'm like, really, this is what they let you do? (laughs) And it's out there. Yeah. And
1: like you said, there's all kinds of loopholes and there are things, you know, people think, oh, I make 2020, I can't do this. Well, you can if you do this. and this, Right. right? Uh, but you don't know what you don't know. So I really think, um, you know, getting somebody on your team that can help you navigate through that. Super important. Uh, if your business is more mature and you're already doing your retirement savings, you're maxing that out. Um, you know, there are things like LERPs. Um Life insurance retirement plans is kind of about what they stand for, but you can put a bunch of money in there. It grows tax free when you pull the money out. It's all tax free. Uh, so that's a way to you know, it doesn't give you a tax discount in that moment, but it does help you for your future. So there's all kinds of different ways to structure things for your specific business and you as the business owner.
0: Right. And as you say that, you as the business owner, I would imagine that in addition to the life cycle of the business, it's also the life cycle of the human that comes into play. Are you growing a family? Are you, you know, where are you at personally in your life, not just in your business? And where do those two things intersect?
1: Right. And they're not two different silos. Right. If I think about you as the business owner and we think about protection, um, you know, what happens if you're the only provider for your family and you have, you know, kids or whatever to to take care of? Do you have disability insurance? You know, if you and someone else own the business, is there a key person policy in place so that way if, you know, something happens to one of you, the other one knows exactly what's going to. Transpire with finances to pay for the other person's portion.
0: And and the other thing I like about your approach that I'm picking up is there are certain people. It sounds like this is somewhat how you run your business. There are certain people who run a financial advisory business almost as the person in charge from a palliative standpoint, right? Like you're not necessarily the person who's going to do everything. You still need an accountant. You still need this. You still need that. But but. Going back to this fact that we don't know what we don't know, there's people with the expertise to be the umbrella, to make sure all those pieces are working together so that if we don't know what we don't know, we're not trying to piecemeal a plan that might be working against ourselves.
1: For sure. Right. And I, I tell people some of the dot connector, right? Like, yes. even if I don't know, I'm like, I, I got a guy. You got a guy. I got a guy. A right? I, got a guy.
0: And, I know who knows that. I and know now people you. just call me, they're like, Hey, I, I need my room painted. I was like, yep, I got a <laughs> Here oh my god, I just had this conversation with somebody. I met somebody, I just talked to her yesterday. We were talking about that being that connector. And when I first, I come out of corporate, like You just worked with the people you worked with. That's what you did. And so when I became a small business owner and I started networking, oh my God, that became like a second job for me. I loved it. Giving referrals. I thought that was amazing that there's this entire world of people who just know who to call for everything that could possibly happen in your life. And the gentleman that I was dating at the time had a job that he had gotten right out of grad school and never left. And he thought it was the most hysterical thing in the world that no matter what happened in life, I knew somebody, right? Yes. I knew somebody who could help.
1: Yeah. And if I don't, I can call somebody I and they're you going know. Like, I will get you an answer. If it's not me finding the answer, I- I'll get you the answer.
0: Totally, totally, totally. Awesome. So we talked about what to where to start. We talked about how this all interacts. Is there anything you would give some general advice on what to stay away from? Let's look at it from the other side. Is there anything to give somebody a hey, you know, don't go down this path if you yeah, really so, wanted to head someone off?
1: Yeah. I, again, this is just my personal opinion. It's Absolutely. not the gospel, right? But uh, for me, um, things that are super aggressive, super risky. I would not put your livelihood in, right? Oh, that's um, a
0: great point.
1: For me, that's Bitcoin. Um, I don't like it personally. I am not going to put my retirement in it. Now, if someone wants to put a couple thousand dollars in it, and i are like, if it goes to zero, I'm okay with it. That's yeah. fine. But let me tell you, the life lesson I learned in the dot-com boom, with my own money, uh, I was the smartest person I knew buying all of this neon and whatever, all these dot-coms things, uh, making 400%. It was oh so God. smart, was not smart enough to pull it out when it was up. It all went to zero. And when you look at having money from zero, it's still zero. And that was extremely painful lesson I learned. So for me, um, don't try to bet on the stars. Find good, solid investments that perform over time. And uh, and, and you don't have to take huge risks to
0: have great rewards. And, and like you're saying, it doesn't mean you can't go try and play with things, but don't play with your livelihood exactly you know that that's our approach in vegas right i like gambling i'm lucky i have no attention span so if i'm losing it's boring i don't want to play for very long but you walk in the door knowing ahead of time this is for entertainment purposes and this is the amount yeah this is the set amount if it's gone it's gone if i win it it's great but it's over when it's over <laughs> and we don't risk your livelihood on it exactly awesome right We're not saying no, we're just saying, be smart about it.
1: Yes. Yeah. And don't mortgage your house. Like, you know, I've had people call and be like, so I think I'm going to take a home loan out and I'm going to put this in the stock market because I could make way more money. And I was like, and I'm not going to help you do that because that's a terrible idea.
0: Well, and going back to this idea of access to information, one of the key pieces of information that I've learned in my education around money is that the stock market is by nature reactionary. You can't outperform it because that's not how it works. This is not how it works. So chasing opportunity is just that. You're chasing it.
1: And normally when people are chasing it, they're it runs away <laughs> their heart, not their head.
0: So right. they're buying
1: at highs and selling at lows, which is only not creating wealth,
0: right? Totally get it. Totally get it. So if people want to continue this conversation with you, and I really, I highly, highly recommend they do. I love your approach, the the overarching approach, the relationship building approach, the responsible yet not prohibitive approach, right? Mm-hmm. You're not the money fund police. You're just That's trying right. It out. right? Love the approach. What is the best way for people to reach out to you? So
1: they can send me an email. They can uh, at, at jessica.tomek at edwardjones.com. They can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn. Uh, those are my nice. primary ways to, to get a hold
0: of me. Awesome. And we'll make sure we have the links in the show notes so that people can just one click away and there you are. Well, thank you so much for sharing the insights, your personal experiences, your wins, your losses, the fact that you started your business door-to-door, which to me is brilliant and horrifying all at the same time. Um, So yeah, thank you absolutely for joining me today.
1: Well, thank you for having me, Erin.
0: It's been a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Ready Yet podcast. I truly enjoy bringing these stories of success and inspiration to you. Please join us in our mission to empower entrepreneurs to be in charge of their businesses and in charge of their lives by sharing this with anyone you know who would benefit from our tactical and motivating advice. Leaving us a review and letting us know if there are any particular topics you would really appreciate hearing about. See you next time.